When most people think of Utah, they think of a number of outdoor activities such as skiing, hiking, and seeing at least one of their five national parks. Home to Great Salt Lake, this modern city makes a lovely backdrop for corporate events. And in fact, the 2002 Winter Olympics were hosted here. Today, we are interviewing three-time U.S. ski team athlete Megan Smallhouse as she prepares for the 2022 Winter Games. We will also be speaking with the Grand America Hotel, elegant, spacious landmark hotel with exquisite English details. Stay tuned as we learn more about this jewel in America's West on today's episode of Destination Everywhere, Salt Lake City. Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth. And Todd, we made it to our third season. This is awesome. It's been a lot of fun doing this. And our next destination is a great place to start our third season. Yeah, Salt Lake City is a place that we've been so many times taking groups and clients there over the years. It's just been incredible. Now, it has so much history. It was actually not that long ago, 1868. So what's that? About 160 years. But it has a lot of rich history with the settlers with the Mormon church being founded there, all these wonderful things come together to make it a really unique place to visit. And as you're going to find out later on in the show, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about Salt Lake that absolutely are not true. And uh, one of our guests from Grand America will be here to talk about some of those. But it is a great young town. It's got a lot of energy and looking forward to hearing what our guests have to say about it. All right. So who's our first guest? Our first guest is actually, she's an aerial skier on the U.S. freestyle ski team. She is from Reno, but she is a Salt Lake City resident, and her name is Megan Smallhouse. So we will be right back with Megan Smallhouse. Welcome back to Destination Everywhere, Salt Lake City. And I'm really excited to have our next guest with us. We have Megan Smallhouse. And for everybody who watches the Olympics, this is a name I want you to listen out for. And Megan is actually, she's an aerial skier. She's been on Team USA for three years. And correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, you've represented the US on two World Cup tours. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations on those achievements. So now you have the benefit of living in Salt Lake, You have access to Utah Olympic Park, which is quite an amazing facility. And we were talking just before we went live about how, one, it's used for corporate events, but it's still a very active training facility. How often are you there? And tell us a little bit about your event, because it's such a beautiful event to watch. But tell us a little bit about that. Thank you so much. My team and I train at the Utah Olympic Park usually six days a week. Usually we have two training sessions during the day. And the facility that we train on there is into a pool. So we have jumps that are almost identical to these jumps that we'll ski off of in the wintertime on snow, but they're made of plastic, the surfaces, and it simulates snow. It doesn't quite feel the same as skiing. I personally think it feels more like ice skating, 
if you need to, is it easy to adjust when you're going down on your skis when you're on that plastic? So the surface isn't really meant to turn on. So if you're feeling a little off, usually the best thing to do is pick your ski up and put it back down instead of in the snow, you would just kind of turn it, but you can't do it on the plastic surface because it's really grabby. We ski down the plastic surface off the jumps into a pool. And in the pool, we have a bubble system that has two main purposes. It breaks the surface of our landing. So it makes it easier on our bodies so we can get in more repetitions. And then it also creates a visual cue for us. It's, we get a lot of sun in Utah in the summer. So you can imagine when you're flipping and the pool is blue and the sky is blue, it can be a bit disorienting. So the bubble system gives us a visual cue as well as being easier on our body and allowing us more repetitions. That's really neat that you said that. And I I had no idea that they put the bubble systems. I know divers all train with bubble pools. Uh, just in case they smack, but I've never heard it being used for skiing. That's really neat. Yeah, it's really the only thing that allows us to keep training in the summer because it's there's a lot of impact landing on skis into a pool, as you can imagine. And we try not to land with our skis flat. We actually try and land with them at about a 45 degree angle pointed with our chest forward a little bit. The taller you land, the straighter up and down, actually, the more it hurts which seems counterintuitive. So we actually try and land a little bit farther forward. Aerial skiing and freestyle skiing, is that an interchangeable word when we're talking about this event? So freestyle skiing is made up of aerials and moguls. And so the discipline I do is aerial specifically, but freestyle skiing encompasses aerials and moguls. And we're not talking distance. We're talking, there's a form to it, right? You're doing the flips and the twists. Yeah, I do the flips and the twists. Nice. That is so impressive. So right now you're training for the Olympics. Are you training with other team members or do they train independently at other facilities and then you guys get together for the Olympics? How does the camaraderie work with the other skiers? So our whole entire national team is based in Park City, Utah. So we all train together. We have 12 athletes in total. We have eight boys, four girls, and we usually split up into two groups. So there's not too many people training at once. But we are training all day together. I think a unique aspect in that all the athletes that I'm competing against for Olympic spots, I'm training with every single day. And how many spots are available for the Olympics for this event? We don't quite know yet. It depends on how many spots we qualify. There's a certain amount that gets split up between a few different winter sports in the U.S., but we can qualify up to four women's spots and four male spots. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. Definitely. So now let's talk a little bit about Salt Lake. You're in Salt Lake. How long have you been in Salt Lake City? I actually just moved to Salt Lake City in about May, but I've been living in Utah for three years now. I was living up in Park City for the previous two years. I see we're still nice and close though. You could go back and forth quite easily. Now, when you're not training, what are some of the things you enjoy about the area? I really enjoy the outdoors aspect of the area. So I in the summer, obviously, I love skiing, but in the, or, sorry, the winter, I love skiing. And in the summer, I really like hiking. And then this summer, I've been getting really into rock climbing outside, which is so much fun. I have a lot of friends that are really into it. So I've been learning, there's a lot to learn. So I've been learning and I'm feeling more comfortable now. And there's so many fun spots outside that you can go with amazing views. Yesterday, I was rock climbing over in Big Cottonwood Canyon over a river. Oh, wow. Now you're doing it with the equipment, right? You're rock climbing with ropes and carabiners and helmets. Is that what we're talking about? 
Yes, of course. <laughs> that seems like an unnecessary risk when you're about to go into the Olympic training mode, doesn't it? Probably, but I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so not everything I do is necessarily very safe, but I take controlled risks. Living life, absolutely. So you've got so much access to the outdoors. Are there other places that you like to go, either skiing or hiking, climbing, things like that, that you've been impressed with? I mean, you're in some of the best of it right now, but like whether East Coast or in the Northwest, are there other places that really kind of like spark your interest and you wanting to explore them? I haven't done a ton of exploring on the East Coast, but I really love the Tahoe area. Obviously, that's home to me, so it's always going to be special. And then Colorado is also super fun. But I think something that makes Salt Lake special is that there's not very many places in the country where you can have such a big metropolitan city so close to so many mountains and activities from the city be up in the mountain skiing in half an hour and then ski all day and then within half an hour be at the airport in downtown Salt Lake. And I don't think there's that many places that are like that. So I think that is something that really sets Salt Lake City apart. And there's something for everyone, whether you are a city person and you like the nightlife or doing stuff in the city, or if you're a big sports person and you want to go to professional sporting events or you're outdoors, you can do hiking, skiing, rock climbing. So there's really something for everyone in Salt Lake. You would say that it's easier for us. We're in South Florida. It's We can get on the slopes in Park City quicker than we can in Colorado. It's just amazing. The one flight and then the access to the airport from Salt Lake City and Park City, it's so quick. You know, if we leave in the morning, we could be skiing at late afternoon if we plan it right. So I completely agree with you. Salt Lake City has a lot to offer that way. So you mentioned traveling and you're traveling a lot during the winter. What are some of the other mountains that you've skied that you're just completely impressed with? Well, I think my favorite place I've ever skied is in Italy. Obviously, the views were just like otherworldly. It's amazing. And then to ski all day and then go down to the lodge and have homemade Italian food is just so, so much fun. What part of Italy were you? It was Northern Italy. So we were actually about 10 kilometers from Switzerland. Wow. So the Italian Alps. Alps, Italian Alps. Yeah. Wonderful. That one we definitely have to put on our bucket list too. Skiing in Italy is kind of one of those dreams. And did you make it into Switzerland at all? No, I didn't. I've still never been to Switzerland, but it's definitely on the top of my list. Well, that's awesome. Well, Megan, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about Salt Lake and what your ambitions are. We wish you absolutely the best of luck with all of the qualifying for the Olympics. And we can't wait to get out to Salt Lake City. And maybe we'll see you at Utah Olympic Park one day uh, doing some training. But thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Go Team USA. Of course. At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected. Welcome back, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. This episode, Salt Lake City, you know, along with Todd Bloworth, and we're talking about this wonderful place. And we're going to do our bucket list, the things we found most entertaining about being in this great city. And I think the first thing, Todd, is you go to the airport, you get to your hotel, and like the Mormon Tabernacle, it is the city and part of the city. It's so awe-inspiring. So let's talk about that. They've got free tour that you can take, which I highly recommend. 
It's fun for individuals or groups to go and see the tabernacle. You actually get to go to certain areas that you normally wouldn't get to go to. And it's just absolutely beautiful. The vantage point of the Mormon Tabernacle, you can see it from the entire city. It really is, I think, the center point of the city. And I think that was by design by the Mormon church. And something else that's really neat about the church in Salt Lake is they also have the largest archives, and I think it's still true to this day, of family lineage of ancestors. So if you can go in and you could submit your name and they can trace it back for you as far as paper will allow, which is really cool. Yeah. And right there is the Temple Square. It's a 35-acre plaza. You need to go see that. It's just wonderful. And the weather is so beautiful. I remember it just being this picture-perfect day, beautiful buildings, great story. So we highly recommend Temple Square. It's something that we would be remiss. Is also just great Salt Lake. You know, the lake is something you fly over when you come into the city. They often call it America's dead lake because of the salt constitution within it. You don't see boats in the lake with engines. Obviously, if you know anything about the marine industry, salt is sometimes not your friend. The salt content of this lake is crazy. And it gets its name because there are no outlets. So the water can only evaporate. And when that water evaporates, it leaves a very salty deposit. And it's over 1,700 square miles. And it's the largest natural one west of the Mississippi. Wow. It's not something that you're going to miss, but you definitely should go down there. It's completely unique to that area in the United States. And I don't think you'll find something else like that in many places in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. And something, uh, this is a great one that you wouldn't normally think of because actually the state of Utah has the least amount of alcohol consumption than any other state in the union, but do have a burgeoning distillery and pub scene. So a unique pub crawl is something that is a lot of fun to do to some of these great new spots that are popping up all over the city. You need a brewing company. It's one of the top craft breweries in the U.S. You definitely want to stop by there. The Proper Burger Company, so a great burger with a great beer. And then Fisher Brewing Company. So make a day of it and stop by and see all three of those pubs on your pub crawl. Another attraction that Salt Lake has is Big Cottonwood Canyon. And Big Cottonwood Canyon is 12 miles southeast of Salt Lake City. It offers all your outdoor activities. It's hiking, biking, picnicking, camping, and fishing. In the winter, there are two ski resorts for both skiers and snowboarders. And it has just amazing rock formations that are definitely a must-see. And a fun fact about Big Cottonwood Canyon is uh, parts of how the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey were actually filmed there. So to give you an idea of what to expect. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so our last one is a hike to Ensign Peak. And Ensign Peak is just easy half-mile hike, but you have spectacular views of the city. Anybody can do it. Highly recommend. And go there at sunset and take someone special because it really is absolutely beautiful. All right. Speaking of beautiful, Todd's going to be coming back to talk about the Grand America Hotel, one of the most beautiful hotels west of the Mississippi. And speaking to the general manager, Chris Erickson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I am Todd Bloodworth, and I'm excited for our next guest. It's the hotel manager from one of my favorite properties in Salt Lake. We have Chris Erickson joining us from the Grand America Hotel. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Todd, thank you so much. And those are kind words. I appreciate it. For a lot of people, we're in the meetings industry, and I'm very familiar with your hotel. And it's a beautiful hotel, and the background of it is absolutely stunning as well. 
But tell us a little bit about the history of hotel, how it came to be. Sure. I think we're probably one of the last hotels that's family owned in an urban environment. Most hotels, that's kind of passe. It's either owned by Wall Street or a REIT or what have you, or a big brand. And so we're an independent hotel owned by a family, which really lends itself to kind of thinking long-term. And you can witness that from the moment you step in. It's not necessarily about the bottom line. Yes, we want to make money, but it's not about the bottom line this hour. It's about taking care of the asset, taking care of the guest. And those two come first. The guest is very important to us. What year did you open? I'm sorry. We opened up in 2001 and we opened up the vision for the family was to create a world-class hotel for Salt Lake City that would welcome the 2001-2002 Olympic Games, Winter Games. And they achieved that and, and then some. And you're also very conveniently located to the airport. What is it, roughly 10 minutes? I think, as you stated earlier, when you first set foot in Salt Lake City, I think the phrase I hear most often is, I had no idea. And that often starts with the airport. And we can talk about that in just a bit. But you're right. The location from the airport is probably one of the shortest in any urban environment you've ever been at. I think it's still around a $12 Uber ride. It's very short, 10 minutes, maybe 12 if there's traffic. And it's just remarkable to get off a plane and attend a meeting that afternoon. But that is very rare. Normally, you have to have a full day of loading to get every guest here. But your convention or meeting can start that afternoon, that evening. All guests will be checked in and ready to go. And something I loved about the property was it's very elegant. It's absolutely gorgeous. And again, views from the front and the back side of the property. And you also can have small meetings there, which we have in fact done, small ad boards, and you still feel like you're in a small hotel. Or you can have quite large groups there and really take a good chunk of the sleeping rooms. How do you cater to both groups? So I'm in a breakout room right now, and this is on the third floor. So we have multiple breakout rooms that are a variety in size, perfect for a board meeting, or perhaps just a little kind of in conjunction with ICW for your big meeting. And we have multiple rooms that cater to that, as well as our large ballrooms. We have the Grand Ballroom, which is 25,000 square feet, Imperial Ballroom, which is just under 20, and Grand Salon all in the first floor. So unlike a lot of hotels, our footprint is on a 10-block kind of piece of property, We don't have to take five escalators to get to your next meeting. You literally can go from meeting room to meeting room in minutes. And we're fortunate to have that space and have lots of reception space on the first floor. And the meeting space, I'm trying to get a clear visual in my head, but you have a beautiful center courtyard. And then it's on the backside of the property that the meeting rooms are. So you can really separate the meetings from the guests and the regular transient guests and really have the privacy that you guys might need. Correct. So... The experience for the group or conference individual could be fully branded near our ballrooms and you're immersed in the brand and immersed in what the conference wants to achieve. And the courtyard, as a matter of fact, we just served 400 people this week for breakfast and lunch in the courtyard and had a reception for 600. It's magical. And depending upon the time of year, right now we have the summer flowers out and it really is spectacular. That's wonderful. And tell us a little bit about the amenities of the hotel. I have experienced the spa, which was gorgeous but great food and restaurants. What are some of your favorites and what does the hotel offer? The Grand Spa, I am very proud of. It's a Forbes five-star spa, one of only 86 in the world, Todd. And it is very hard to achieve that five-star rating for a spa. Well, we recently achieved that this past year and the year prior to that. And it's really a great job. And oftentimes we offer meeting planner services and attendees may be cut out. I won't say this officially, but sometimes <laughs> they cut out from meetings and go get a spa service. And We've that experienced that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the outdoor pool is unbelievable. It's, we have great fish tacos. It's open right now. And it's an infinity pool. And it really is spectacularly decorated. Really is nice. So the outdoor pool is one of the highlights. And 
Food and beverage wise, we have multiple offerings. The lobby lounge, and you can get a, an espresso in the morning time, and network that offers a cocktail or jazz in the evening time. That also has our very famous kind of tea offerings. The Gibson Girl Lounge, 21 and over. It's a hidden gem. People like to network and enjoy that. And if you just want to have a quiet meeting after your busy work day, that's nice too. And then our Oak Dining Room offers a beautiful Sunday brunch and a lot of amenities. And currently, we're in the process of adding an additional restaurant, remodeling a restaurant. And all I'll say is something grand is going to happen this fall. Another benefit of the property, I think, is its proximity to a significant number of ski locations in the winter, which is absolutely wonderful. I think last night, there's approximately nine ski resorts all within one hour drive. Is that correct? That is correct. And they aren't just any ski resorts. I grew up in Seattle. And believe me, take my word for it, the snow there is terrible. And, uh, but I somehow managed to ski, but I remember my hands being popsicles and frozen. And I went skiing here for the first time about five years ago, and the snow is remarkable, and they are world-class and best-in-class. They're about 35 minutes door-to-door. We will typically see a lot of skiers in the wintertime that will stay with us and go to Park City or Snowbird or Snow Basin and have a great day of skiing. What are some of the things that hotel guests have done as they relate to the mountains for events? I can remember we've rented out places in Park City. We've done some team building activities outside the city. You have a racetrack that is absolutely amazing that we've incorporated into some group events. Do you have some favorites that your guests have done? Snow Basin is where they hosted the skiing back in 2002 for the Olympics. And it's a great place to go. They have great food and really some great skiing that maybe it's not as crowded as some of the other kind of more well-known resorts. It's a great destination. The Olympic Park, people can go there any month of the year at Olympic Park, and there's obviously transportation, professional transportation that is offered, and there's many meeting planners that will do that on the final day of kind of a get-to-know-your-colleague event, and it's a lot of fun, too. So those are two of my favorites. Yeah, at Olympic Park, you can actually also do the luges there, correct? Yes, (laughs) and you need to be into speed, so to speak. It's not for the faint of heart. In the summertime, I have seen from time to time, though, on the big jumps that you can, no kidding, you can inner tube down and go off some of the bigger jumps that are into the pool. And, but the Olympic Park's a lot of fun. They also have a little museum up there that kind of chronicles the ski industry attire over the last hundred years. To me, it's kind of fun and interesting to see what were they wearing in Italy in 1940 skiing and to see all these big brand names. It's worth it. We were going to talk about a little bit about the state of travel in Utah and Salt Lake. What can you share with us about what's happening? Sure. And Todd, I'm not sure if you've been here lately. Obviously, you've traveled to our destination before, but we just opened a world-class airport and that opened in November of last year. That would be 2020. And I knew the GM. I know the GM that operates the airport and he compared it to remodeling your kitchen during Thanksgiving. And it's kind of funny that he said that, but it's very rare that you build a brand new airport on the same footprint as the current airport. Very rare. Normally it's done not in conjunction with why planes are dropping in. Because you said new airport, and I was kind of confused. Is it a different location or is it a new terminal? But they completely redone it. The old airport, as you know it, is completely gone. And right now there's phase two happening. It's a $4 billion project that is just amazing. And so imagine your conference attendees are just coming into Salt Lake. They're going to be stepping foot in a clean and safe and really efficient, highly efficient airport. I have been told by Delta Airlines it's the most efficient airport in the whole country. So now where can our listeners keep in touch with what's happening? What are some of your social media accounts that you can share with our listeners to see pictures and follow the news? We have a great, robust Instagram account. I love it. To me, it really kind of connects you to the journey that's that's about to happen or your upcoming journey. And it's a great kind of informational piece for you. So my favorite is Instagram. And I think it's just simply the Grand America on Instagram. 
We also have a Facebook account as well, and I think that's just the Grand America. So those are probably the two kind of best ways to connect. And if you need flight information or anything or current weather status, we can tell you what to expect as well. And feel free to call that concierge, right? They can always help you out. Yes, exactly. You can message the Instagram and Quincy and our marketing team are on it and they sit right near me and yeah, they can field any question at real time. And again, someone who's had experience at the hotel, the staff is absolutely amazing, absolutely top-notch. They really took care of uh, all the groups that we brought there. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And again, Chris Erickson, hotel manager for the Grand America. So thank you, Chris. And we wish you guys the best of luck out there in Salt Lake. Oh, thank you so much, Todd. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Well, that wraps it up for Destination Everywhere, Salt Lake City. We highly recommend this beautiful, beautiful city with so much to do. Todd? Yeah, Salt Lake. It's something we didn't mention, but I wanted to mention it. There's so much more to Salt Lake City than what we've even discussed. But I want to talk real briefly about this magnificent event that we did there. And we incorporated and worked with the city and the hotel to get so many great things done. We raced cars out at the Motor Speedway, which was, again, not far. We did events at theaters downtown. We went to La Calle for an amazing off-site dinner that was a themed-out event. And then we actually went to Park City, as I mentioned earlier, and we used the Olympic museums out there in the old training facility. So the town offers so much, a little bit for everybody. So when wrapping this up for Salt Lake, we'd like to give special thanks to our team. We have Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Andy Fernandez, a creative director, and our friends at Lightship Studio. We have Andy Parat, Luis Pedraza, Andrew Lau, and Rusty McNeely. So thank you guys, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Destination Everywhere. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit www.americanmeetings.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.